Uh, yeah, they they like moved one of the little straps over. I think they moved more than one. I think the because the top on the inside looks like it has oh the iPad's vertical now. Right, the iPad's vertical now, and it has like horizontal like pin placements or whatever oh, yeah. on the front inside. I think so. You slide the iPad in over the zipper, which which makes it easier to get out though too. You know, hmm. A little bit more natural because, for instance, if you think about the way it is now, I have to open all the way up and then pull my – make sure it's basically flat before I can pull my iPad out. Whereas if it weren't, I could just kind of open it up and reach my fingers in and pull it out the top. Yeah. Yeah, true. That's interesting. I've never done it. We should talk about Instagram stories too. Yeah. Have you not done any? I've done some. I, I don't really use Instagram anymore. Ah, see, and that's the thing is, honestly, like, yes, we'll talk about this on the show, but yes, I think, um, yeah, okay, we'll just wait. We'll just start the show. All right. we'll, we don't want to waste all our content. We're doing yeah. it live. <laughs> <laughs> doing it live. Um, yeah, do you want to count down? Or? I'll count down for old time's sake. <clears throat> okay, I'm ready now. Five, four, three, two. Hello and welcome to Thinking Religion. I'm Thomas Whitley. And I'm Sam Harrelson. So I've been having to introduce myself a lot lately because I'm doing just like presentation after presentation. I had four today. I had seven on Monday. I had a really long one on Tuesday. And it's odd introducing myself as Dr. Thomas Whitley. Mm-hmm. But I'm having to do it like all the time now. So it's, I don't know, it's odd. Like, But you're doing it at a place where people are used to hearing people introduce themselves as a a doctor right right yeah exactly so so but you know i think a lot of people too a lot of professors right just kind of introduce themselves with like doctor and their last name yeah i don't know but like so i've been doing a lot of these presentations with um with my director and so she'll introduce herself you know doctor with her full name and then so it's kind of like oh well so i'm just kind of balancing that out so it's been odd you know you don't often i don't know I, I've been thinking about it this week. Like, you don't often introduce yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. unless you're that person who, <clears throat> you know, who, who says, oh, I'm I'm Reverend Bob Dylan, you know. Right, when whatever. I just meet people, I don't, like, say, hi, I'm Dr. Thomas Whitley. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, I'm Thomas. <laughs> like, <You're> right. <laughs> person. Um, you, yeah. you don't, so on your uh, on your Twitter or, or your tweeter, <laughs> someone near me called it recently. On your Twitter, uh, you don't put uh, Dr. Thomas Whitley? I do not. I do not. Um, I see that a lot in the academic world. I've, I follow a lot of people in academia that do. That's part of their Twitter handle, too. That's what right? I mean. Yeah, it's like DR yeah. Sam Harrelson. Right. right. And there's a lot of people, too, that it's maybe not a part of their handle, but it's a part of their name on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, mine does say, like, hey, I got my PhD from FSU Religion, but... Um, but that's it. That's kind of the extent. I don't know. I just couldn't really go for that. Like Dr. Dr. Thomas Whitley. I don't know. Like, yeah. I just saw a uh, tweet roll by <laughs> from Scandalabra. Do you follow Scandalabra? No. I'm not sure if she might be a local friend. Anyway, she's retweeted. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not a bad thing here. I'll, I'll send it to you on the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I think it's a good picture. Anyway, it says uh, tattoos will look stupid when you're old. Uh, oh, I don't believe. That. I don't believe. That. I don't know. Here, I'm. I'm 
I'm sharing via direct message. Uh, I don't. Maybe she might have a protected account. I can't remember who she is. I'm sorry if you're listening. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, she's a she's a, a, a PhD from Brown, UNC. Alexis Susan Glenn. She follows me, so she might be listening to the show. She's followed by Russell McCutcheon, Religion News Service, and the British Museum. That's a, that's oh, not nice. a bad. It's not a bad group that's of people. Not- that's not a bad group of people. I don't think she follows me. Ha. That's funny, ha. right? So she follows Russ, and she doesn't, and she follows you. Yeah, but she doesn't follow me. And she's got a she she's got a, a, a her cover photo on Twitter is from Romeo and Juliet, the the Leonard Leonardo DiCaprio version, when they're on the beach yeah. and they're holding the gun sideways. It's great. Um, yeah, she posts some funny stuff. It, she's a good follow. I always enjoy uh, her her uh, her tweets. Um, so the but that picture I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He's a really famous. Is he the the, um, the one that we follow on Instagram? No, that's uh, Manfredi, Alessandro Manfredi, I think. Um, <laughs> You're such a nerd. Yeah, I do just know him. Um, <laughs> How do you know that? <clears throat> of course, I know all forty NASCAR drivers and their crew chiefs. Right. We all have our thing. Um. Yeah. It'll come. It'll come to me in a minute. But no, he's like a he's like a famous model, and I don't. I think his tattoos look great. And yes, like Alessandro Manfredi, like he looks fantastic with his you know not twenty five year old body with tattoos with like you know huge white beard and you know long white hair. So every time I get my hair cut at Great Clips, because <laughs> you know when you have hair like mine, why would you go anywhere else? Uh, <laughs> it's like just put a razor to it. Uh, you know, I, I joke about my gray hair, and I'm like, well, I'm really not that old. And they say, oh, don't worry. You know, the millennials, they all come in and they want their hair dyed silver or gray. It's true. It's pretty popular now, actually. Is it popular? It's so so uh, the swimmer, the Olympic swimmer who who's in trouble. like for, Oh, Lochte. Yeah. Did, did he yeah, do Ryan that? Lochte. Or is he like me and has premature gray hair? No, no. His is, his is dyed. But I think it's like a blonde gray or something. I don't know platinum um platinum blonde it doesn't look good it, it's a weird look so I've, I've seen a couple of pictures of him and they're all the same where he's like sitting on the side of the pool i, I don't really care enough to watch you know the morning show or whatever that might have him on but um yeah i was like it, it, is that dyed because it looks like it's probably dyed and i couldn't I, I hear this often that that young people are dyeing their hair to have it artificially silver and i i couldn't actually believe that so He's actually uh, proof for me. Yeah. By the way, that's Nick Worcester. I follow him on Instagram too. That sh- <laughs> that uh, that that tweet said that tattoos will look stupid when you're older. And Nick Worcester makes a ton of money and is a freaking fantastic male model and has great tattoos. So what? what like uh, yeah, he does uh, like like clothing modeling or, or. Yes, clothing modeling. So I don't know if you remember the craze. You probably don't. <laughs> Right. And I probably shouldn't, but the craze, <laughs> I don't know, a couple of years ago of like the short suit. So it was like a men's suit, but it was shorts and not oh, pants. I, I, I yeah. remember you telling I, okay, me about I'm, this. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the short suit. I'll come out and say it. I don't think that's very controversial now. But um, but he was kind of one of the main – he was a big proponent, I think, of the short suit. But yeah, Nick Worcester, check him out. Uh, Nicholson Worcester is his name on Twitter, but it's, it's no, his, his handle's Nick Worcester, W O O S T E R. Um, 
and he's he's great. I mean, I I really like his style. Like he and Alessandro Manfredi are, because I think about aging. I'm like, okay, if I could age like those two guys with tattoos, I'll be okay. Yeah, right. I know it, it's it's always discomforting to to think about aging, you know, from from a young person's point of view. But then you see, you know, people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s who look good, and you're like, well, okay, well, there's, you know. Maybe I can be like that. There's hope yet. Exactly. Exactly. But what they don't tell you is that so you speak- have to take care of yourself in your 20s in order to get there. Exactly. <laughs> because it, it makes a difference. Right. Yeah. As so, someone who's halfway, I'm like, oh, gosh. Why didn't right. I so after we, finished, after we finished a, uh, a thing that we had on, on Tuesday night, this like video conference thing that Sam and I had Tuesday night, um, we talked for a few more minutes. And it was like almost nine. And I was like. I'm going to bed soon because I have to get up at like 4.45 to go run in the morning. Right, right. Yeah, I did. And I hated just about every minute of it, but I did. So I don't know if that's if that's good or bad. But um, yeah, so a friend of mine is trying to, he's like roped me into training for the half marathon again this year. Oh, wow. So, but I started seven weeks out last time, which was not very wise at all. And in like 20, uh, we started like 24 or 25 weeks out this time. So I think good. I'll be okay. So you're not going to break your foot this time. No, yeah, I had stress fractures in both feet actually last <laughs> time, um, which is not a really pleasant way to run a half marathon. If you've never done it before, I do not advise it. Uh, but yeah, I should not. Hopefully, at least have any of those type injuries that often come from kind of increasing your mileage too quickly. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so I'm trying to still take care of myself somewhat, though. I definitely had not very good for you pizza for dinner tonight. So, uh, well, you know, but that's I, basically a food group in my house. So. Yeah. My, my wife is out of town. Uh, she's coming back into town, but I, you know, I got off of work and came in and I had like an hour and we had the show and I had to do th- three other things. So I did what every good college kid does and just heated up some ramen. Cause I'm yeah, healthy. Nice. nice. Well, so, yeah, I picked up a pizza. I was going to cook, but I was like, you know what? Every night when I have to cook by myself before we record, it always takes twice as long as I expect. And I'm always like, Sam, hold on. Like I got to, <laughs> yeah, you're the late one for once. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. So it's funny how that speaking works. Speaking of growing up and aging and becoming the man <laughs> in capital T capital M man. Right. Uh, what's been going on in your life, Sam? Well, this week I started a new job, and I turned 38. So on the same day, actually. On the same day. I know, day. right? Yeah. That's that big. That 38's weird. You know, like 37, you, you still kind of feel like you're, you know, you, you've got some space Ish. between yourself and 40. Right. You know, like 37's a good kind of prime number that, you know, you're, you're not you're not completely 38, which is not a prime number. Um, right. Anyway, so yeah, so I have been going back and forth for a long time, um, thinking about this, and and had an opportunity open up a couple of months ago, and been going back and forth with this place of opportunity, and trying to figure out what I was going to do, and went in for an interview, and it went really well, and I was I was kind of excited because I, I I was thinking, okay, well I'm going to go into the interview and. If if it goes well, I'm not going to get my hopes up because a I haven't been in a office job in 12, 13 years. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you know right. I, was, I, I did that stuff and then I went and taught for a little while and then I had my own thing because I didn't want to get back to an office job. <clears throat> so for the last four or five years, I've been doing my own thing and 
had an agency that uh, grew and it, it did really well and you know provided for the family and had this insanely sort of flexible free lifestyle um but it was a daily grind and you know i would put the wife and the kid to bed and then you know step until three o'clock and then sleep until 10 you know so there, there was pros and cons um but i could sit in front of tweet deck all day or i could you know right <laughs> i had I had a lot of flexibility in my schedule so this thing came up and i'm not even sure how we we got to that point of me doing an interview but i, I did it and it went really well and i hit it off and i thought they liked me and i thought okay well you know let me let me think about this so uh we went back and forth and they they said well come back in you know come meet a couple more of the team let's do a second round um, you know, we, we want to talk to you some more. So I came back in, but I came back in because, uh, the family, we would go down to the beach for our holiday with, uh, with Mariana's, um, parents. So we we're down there for, for the week and I decided, well, um, okay, you know, I'll, I'll come up for the interview, but on the way down to the beach before that interview, we decided to stop in my family's hometown. So my family, uh, my parents, which is a small little, very rural agricultural town. And driving into town, there was a big billboard. And it was, it was for Arbor One uh, Farm Credit Bank. And they are one of the associations that the bank where I'm now working sort of uh, is in partnership with. And I've never seen this billboard before. Maybe it's been there for a couple of months. I'm not sure. And I thought, well, that's <laughs> that's a pretty funny sign. <laughs> you know? And I didn't say anything to the wife as we're driving in. <laughs> Uh oh no 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 I'm sorry I got the timeline wrong so I we get onto the beach and I because I, I had to come back up to Columbia for the interview for the second interview so I came back up to Columbia by myself and I had to stop at my parents' house again on the way down to the beach after the interview and I had to stop because I had to pick up some stuff or whatever to take to the kids so on the way back to the beach after the second interview I'm driving into Mullins and you know in the car's headlights I see the the Arbor One uh, billboard. Um, and I was talking to the lady today who, who did that billboard design and, you know, it's kind of a funny thing anyway. so I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy. Cause the second interview went really well. And I thought there's, I, I, I'm not doing this. You know, there's no way I'm not wearing a suit every day. I'm not, you know, getting up at six o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning. Um, but I did. So I, I'm the marketing strategy manager at ag first farm credit bank, which is one of the, uh, four, sort of major farm credit banks and the farm credit system, which is a hundred years old this year. It was signed into law by uh, Woodrow Wilson, who also grew up here in Columbia, kind of funny. Uh, and Woodrow Wilson signed this in, into law in 1916 because farmers and, and, you know, people who do ranch stuff and fisheries and uh, timber, you know, all, all that kind of agricultural and rural American stuff, uh, they have different needs in terms of loans and, and, you know, getting money for their equipment and land and seeds or whatever. And by 1916, that was apparent. And it's only you know gotten more and more apparent as uh, commercial banking goes in other directions. So um, I'm basically, uh, you know, working with our marketing department to work with local associations and um, help them do things like, you know, everything from, Overlaying data on on maps down to websites to social media stuff to graphics to you know whatever and kind of that huge scheme of marketing 
Uh, and AgFirst is located here in Columbia. We're headquartered here in Columbia. Uh, there's one in the Northeast in California, and there's another bank in the Midwest, and there's a bank in Texas. And those are the four major banks. So it's kind of cool that one of the major banks in the farm credit system is, is headquartered here. Um, and, uh, you know, we're in big building downtown and got a cool uh, cool group of people I'm working with now. And uh, it's, a, it's a completely different experience not being in front of TweetDeck you know, the whole day. Um, but at the same time, it feels like we're doing something really cool, uh, not cool, but something really valuable for, for the United States because, you know, we're helping, uh, spread the word about farm credit to people who need that, uh, in, in rural America and, and people who were, um, you know, looking to, uh, you know, finance their, their farms, whether they're small farmers or, or, you know, large agricultural businesses. Uh, so basically I'm working with states from about Pennsylvania and Maryland, Delaware, all the way down to Alabama, Mississippi, including Puerto Rico. So Act First, our, our bank serves uh, 15 associations, well, I'm sorry, 19 associations in 15 states. So we, we basically help them do the marketing, and um, I'm in charge of helping them do the market research as well, uh, that kind of stuff. So it's it's a really fun opportunity. Um it, it's something I'd never thought I'd you know, even have a, a chance at doing because right. it's, it's so far out of my wheelhouse in terms of um, things I, I, I thought I, I knew. Um, but actually, it's, it's kind of in my wheelhouse. You know, I grew up on a, a farm in rural South Carolina. Right. There's a way in which it kind of comes full, full circle it, to right. a degree. Right. And I've been doing marketing strategy stuff, you know, for the last 15 years. So, um, you know, it's it's very interesting. And and. You know, everything from like our, our web development team is, is just fantastic and they make these great websites. And today I had a, a long meeting with them and we we're hammering out some things. And, you know, I'm throwing out things like JSON and APIs and, you know, I'm sounding cool because I, I kind of know what I'm talking about. And, <laughs> you know, they're like, wow, you know, we, we've got someone on the team who actually knows what he's doing instead of, you know, someone who's, uh, you know, just kind of they brought in to boss us around or, you know, or something like that. So, it, you know, it feels like a really cool um, synergy to use a business term. Um, you know, there with with the internal team, and and I'm excited. Um, so it's it's a little different, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And and uh, Agfirst is a, an amazing company, and um, they're going to be around a while. And the farm credit system is something that I'm I'm proud to be a part of. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's cool. It's it's definitely uh, not what I thought I'd be doing six months ago, but I'm glad I'm doing right. it. So the biggest change, we were talking about this before the show, that you've experienced, I mean, just in you know the span of a week, is similar to, I think, the biggest change I've experienced in my new position, just being there a couple months. And it's this kind of, you've already mentioned it a little bit, but this kind of utter disconnect that we feel from the outside world now, because we're just in a different position, we're doing different things, we're, I don't know that we're busier, but our busyness is different Right. If that makes sense. And we don't have the same kind of flexibility that we had to kind of goof off for 10 minutes here and there yeah, on, right. you know, Twitter and stuff. And so, yeah, like it's like you said, we get up at five or six, you go to work and then get home and you're like, wait, how have I not looked at Twitter today? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what is going on in the world? And, and now, because, I mean, it's orientation week here at Florida State. So, you know, I was saying I've done all these presentations and everything and. And I literally think that today, you know, I spent a little bit of time on TweetDeck and like during the day, which 
part of my job is to do some social media stuff for office. But I think it was the first time I even looked at it all week. I mean, I've looked at some at home right in the evenings, but I kind of realized like this is what like regular people do. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like it's kind of crazy. And, and so, I, but I also wonder, I was saying before the show too, right. It's kind of like the, like the, the Plato's cave story, right. In Republic where, you know, the guy's chained and, and, you know, or it's a couple guys that are, that are chained and they're facing a wall and there's, um, you know, puppeteers and a fire behind them, but all they can see on the wall are the shadows dancing, which obviously are distorted, uh, reflections of the shapes of the puppets and the sounds are muffled. And then one guy gets free and he gets out and he realizes like, oh, this was all an illusion. This was all just kind of a, an imperfect, reflection of reality and of course it takes him a while to get there after he's kind of seen the light so to speak and he comes back in and tries to tell them like hey guys this is all an imperfect reflection of reality you don't know what's going on out there in the real world but of course to the rest of the people that are chained there he is just another you know distorted image and muffled garbled voice and so i feel like you and i have seen the light <laughs> but or, now or maybe we have gone and like actively chained ourselves back to stare at the wall. I don't know, right? Is that maybe I'm I'm going a little too far in this metaphor? I'm sure. Or but, maybe maybe you know Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat are are the cave and now the cave the imperfect re- reflection. That's probably a better <laughs> way. To think about it. But yeah, I mean it. it it feels, you know, in some way, like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm that guy now in Fight Club or in Office Space, you know, and I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm back to that. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, yes, I, I feel, oh my gosh, I understand now why people would look at me kind of crazy when I said, hey, did you see that tweet today where, you know, uh, uh, BNO broke the news about this earthquake in Italy, and it's like, what? Why would I have any? Cognition of what that means, Sam. Um, or, yeah, have you seen the new Insta- uh, This is Ground uh, Mod 3? I mean, they, they put it on Instagram and they tweeted it out. You haven't seen that? Um, and it's it's strange because I, I, I've always thought since I've been on Twitter for the last, what, 10 years? Um, Just about. Yeah. I mean, uh, how could, at least. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, it was 2006. So, you know, it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've always thought, like, well, how can people not be on Twitter or, you know, not want to tap into the hive mind? Um, you know, and it, it was at the point where I, w- I would wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, it, sometimes you wake up at like 2 a.m. and you're completely wide awake. And right. you, you know you can will yourself back to sleep. Um, back in the day, like when I was in high school, I'd get up and maybe like read a book or turn on the TV or something. And now – Oh no, you didn't have AIM then. Did, what did you have? Did you have like ICQ back then? Not, Not even. in high school. No. Wow. I mean, we we had AOL and we had AOL. Yeah. Whatever their messaging thing was, I guess AOL Messenger. Instant. Yeah, it's a messenger. <clears throat> but you know, that was kind of creepy. Um, when you're in high school, so at least for us, that you know, I graduated high school in '96, so it was a different time. Uh, you know, but but now I, I don't know, three months ago, I would roll over and like check Twitter. And, right, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that would Have evolve into dogs like, get up in the middle of the night. You're yeah. like, come on, yeah. yeah. And, and that's like 30 minutes, right? Like, of, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's that's interesting. Let me read this article about how EpiPen is, you know, raising the prices on everyone, and and then you can't go back. You to know, sleep. so 
so yes, this is interesting. So I think about this too, and there's a way in which the standard that's set on Twitter is is rather unattainable for most people, right? Because the most active people that I follow on Twitter are other academics, and they're not. I mean, they're not all that active. Some of them are, but mostly it's journalists. And I mean, their whole job is to follow the news and talk about the news. Right. And so it's easy to kind of for you and I, I think, to kind of get sucked into that. That's obviously if you listen to the show for the last however long we've been doing it, um, year and a half or whatever, you've kind of I mean, in this latest iteration, of course, um, you know that that's something that we care about. But but it does it does kind of make sense where how it can be hard hard for others to think that they can kind of jump into the stream, so to speak, and keep up, um, which I think you and I had done a pretty good job of. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, and there's all these other projects that I have too, like, oh yeah, there's other writing things I need to do. There's a book I need to, you know, I'm trying to get my proposal together to send off to a publisher and all that stuff and just don't have the same kind of flexibility that I did. It's not bad. I mean, it's different, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that's been that's been the biggest kind of shock for me. The getting up early is not a big deal. I get up early. I used to get up early. You know, still get up early. It's not that big of a deal. A little bit earlier now, but um, yeah. And I don't know that I'm working more. I'm just working kind of more concentrated hours. Yeah, exactly. Really exactly. Your thing too, right? Because you could kind of spread it out, and then oh, you want to take an hour and a half break in the afternoon to go meet somebody for coffee or whatever. You can do that, and it's not quite the same now right so yeah i mean and, so now it's it's weird right Every, everybody listen to or a lot of people listening to the show are probably like yeah that's what i've lived with for 20 years <laughs> right right and uh, it's it's one of those deals where i i kind of like it you know in the sense that i don't feel like i'm missing out i mean i do feel like i'm disconnected from the hive mind you know and i, I don't have the ability to hop into Twitter or tech meme or Facebook or whatever. Um, I haven't posted on Twitter since Monday. And I think this is the longest time <laughs> my 10 years on Twitter that I haven't posted right. anything. I mean, you know, like right now I'm sitting and looking at it, but I mean, last uh, today when, when I got home and uh, turned on this PC to record the show, I hadn't touched this thing since Tuesday morning before I left. So I got home Tuesday night, and I didn't touch this PC. I, I worked on the iPad for, like, two minutes. And then last night, I didn't do anything, out, you know, outside of family time. So, And that's kind of nice, it's, right? It's very nice, but it's, you know, and and it's strange because that's not right. been my life for the last It takes getting decade. used to, whereas, like, now, for instance, I'm, like I said, I have these other projects I'm working on, like, you know, this book I'm trying to write and all this stuff. So I still kind of feel like on the weekends, like, oh, I should work this weekend a little bit. But it's not the same, right? You don't take your release right now. I mean, I'm generally not taking my work home with me occasionally. I'm working on building a website right now for us. So I have to take that home some. But generally, I'm not taking my work home, which is different where, you know, before in your job and then me as, you know, when I was a doctoral student, um, it's not that you took your work home. It's just your work existed 24-7 wherever you were. Right. And, and I can't now. I mean, I, I've got a, a laptop, but I have to use Citrix and all this stuff to get into the bank stuff to get to my email. I can't just whip out the iPhone and check my work email. You know, right. Because we work for the you know federal 
credit or farm credit system, you know, and, and, um, it's, that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, like last night we had a great night and when I get home, I'm, I miss hanging out with the kids, you know, and I miss hanging out with, with Mariana and, uh, you know, it's fun to walk in and the puppies are glad to see you instead of like, Oh, it's, you know, human a again. Um, right. <laughs> All right. So I've got, I've got another question. Um, and you might not have figured it out yet, but this is kind of an, another change for you. Um, is you have to figure out a different kind of everyday carry now. I do. I do. And I'm still working on this um, because a, a large majority of my job has has to do with traveling, uh, traveling to those 15 states and working with those local associations um, and, and meeting them you know, first. But but also, you know, I'm, I'm going on a trip next month uh, down to Florida uh, a couple hours from you. And then there's much rejoicing. <laughs> and then in October, you know, I'm going out to Vegas for a conference and then I'm going in December. So like once a month, I'm going to be gone for at least one week out of the month. Um, right. You know, whether it's within these associations or on conferences or doing presentations somewhere. And yeah, I got, you know, when I got my sort of job description, um, you know, 40% of that is, is doing that, you know, and then going out there and, and working with, with, these places so uh, you know and i have a 15 inch laptop now a macbook um so i I had to trade in my little cute man purse but i ended up going back to something i had in my closet um and i looked around at different bags and trying to think okay well what's going to work what's not going to work um because so i have my this huge laptop that (laughs) that uh the bank provided me very graciously uh but i also have um my my sort of folio thing because we're very paper-based you know it's 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 a bank uh so we use a lot we use a lot of paper there's a lot of files i have a lot of folders now i have a you know file cabinet in my office that i use file uh, cabinet which is so weird because i you know typically i would get something you know going back 10 years and take a picture of it and throw it up in evernote right i can't do that you know and then there's a good reason i mean you know it's bank stuff privacy stuff Yeah. yeah exactly so you know i've got this uh this folio like like sam seaborn in west wing and right now i'm looking at right now and i've got you know four folders of of stuff i need to review tonight before a couple of meetings tomorrow um you know if you watch west wing when they're you know walking and talking in the hallway they always have these folio things with with brass edges and so i've got one from wofford so you know i'm proud of it it's a nice leather folio and it looks good i think and it's 20 years old from college um so I've got to be able to fit a 15-inch laptop and this thing in it, as well as like today I got a, a book, a management book that um, one of our uh, VP said, "Hey, you, know, you should read this." Um, and you know, I I need to be able to carry that home, as well as lunch and a water bottle, you know, whatever. So ideally, what I need is something like what you have. I think that would be the yeah, a, a good a good solution. The, like a nice and, yeah, and, and he and Sam's talking about the like the satchel. I have the satchel and page four way briefcase, and I carry right. it every day. Right. So what I have now uh, is my I have a North Face uh, backpack, which sounds totally non bank like and non professional. <laughs> I love it. But it's a nice like black. It doesn't look tactical. You know, right. it, it's like a nice kind of stylish North Face, if that's possible. But I, you know, it, it's better than the alternative of carrying around like a, a you know uh, i don't know grocery bag full of stuff but you know there i mean there are good options in the backpack realm too so i also have a briggs and riley backpack 
which it, you know it's like solid black and I mean Briggs and Rally if you don't know they're you know somewhat high end luggage company I don't really know where to rank them are they kind of up there with around Tumi or something you would think um, yeah I was going to say like, like a Tumi yeah but but so I used to manage a Samsonite so and obviously you know I have a love for bags and I did then too um, and so I have a lot of luggage and bags and stuff but uh at the time and then it's when i got this briggs and riley backpack and it's it's actually really nice and every now i haven't been carrying it lately because i have my new satchel and page briefcase which i absolutely love and still smells wonderful um but it's a really great backpack if you do want to go the backpack route and it's you know got a nice slim form factor that actually holds way more than you would expect with kind of the form factor of the size, a lot of organization, which you and I like. And that's one of the things that my central and page bag does not have. But of course I have my, this is ground mod. I have my, this is ground tech top kit, et cetera, to kind of do my own organization in there. But you know, it's not, you know, it's 2016. So, you know, you don't have to go with a hard sided briefcase. Yeah. Um, which, I and I have one actually, my mom, uh, for graduation when I uh, got my PhD, uh, she gave me my grandfather's hard-sided um, kind of light brown leather briefcase, and it's in immaculate condition. Um, and, and it's it's almost the same toffee color as my mod. Um, oh, wow. I mean, it's just absolutely beautiful, but it's like I can't carry this. every Like I'm, I'm not going to mess this up, right? And it doesn't have a place for a laptop, et cetera, but, you know, traditional thing. But, you know, you don't have to carry something like that if you work in a bank now i think that you can kind of um go your own way so to speak but yeah yeah it's still 385 for the four-way briefcase which is a really good deal <laughs> like 385 is really good for that i think and, uh, and, but and they're going it. to they're they're about to release a smaller version which i don't know that would really be good for you um probably be a little too small but but yeah, I mean, I guess that that's the question is, what do you, do you feel like, should you use in the North Face bag now, but do you feel like you're leaning toward something or a certain style? Yeah, I know we yeah, talk about bags like, all the time. But. Yeah, something like this, I think, would be much more, you know, preferable um, long term, you know, especially right. if, as I travel. But at the same time, you know, like the North Face thing, I can throw all this crap into it and, you know, it doesn't look terrible or, or anything. You know, and it, it's holding an, uh, an obscene amount of <laughs> right. stuff right now. Well, certainly, for instance, like my Timbuktu large messenger can hold a lot more than my satchel and page can, just because, you know, the, the design is different. Um, the organization is different, and it kind of gives in ways that this leather doesn't give. Um, it's, it's a, but I also... Is it, like, waterproof? Uh, like, like, does water ever get in? Um, no, I mean, I, so it's not, it's not like a wet bag design, you know, um, you know, cause there are some really good like leather wet bags that, um, oh, uh, Saddleback makes, um, but, yeah, but their stuff is so huge and like <laughs> their stuff is big. It's and that, big. That's been my thing. It's, it's bulky. Right. Uh, which is why I like Satchel and Page is kind of more my style, but, uh, no, I mean, the leather's great. I'm, yeah, I mean, it's as waterproof as leather traditionally is. You know, you have to keep treating it. But no, water doesn't, like, get in the bag. I've been out in the rain a couple times. Um, and I guess if it were, like, a monsoon, it could get in on the sides a bit. But 
Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's something to think about when you, when you change kind of what your everyday routine is, then your kind of everyday carry often has to change as well. And then it takes a while to um, kind of figure that out. But yeah, like today, carried my satchel and page briefcase, carried my laptop, my mod was in there, my hydro flask water bottle was in there, my lunch was in there, you know, and it just perfect. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of everything I need to carry now because I'm not carrying, you know, a stack of books with me every day like I used to as a doctoral student. So, so when you walk across campus, because this thing is a four-way carry, do you, do you throw it over your shoulder? Do you use it as a backpack? Do you use it like as a like a purse type thing? Or how, how when do you I work? when I walk across campus, I typically carry my mod, and that's it. So I mean, okay. So when you're walking from your car to Oh, I carry yeah, it just just on one shoulder. Okay. I don't. It does have the backpack straps. Um, I don't keep them on it. I keep them at home. Um, I don't know that I'm a leather backpack kind of guy. Yeah, we um, talked about that with the this is grand right. Voyager. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but it is nice because it has like the hookups to do that and everything, which is really nice. But it also means it has these really great. I guess they're brass, right? D rings that you can hook other stuff onto if you want to. Um, but so it has like the handle you can carry by that. So that's one way it has the backpack. That's two ways. The shoulder strap is three way. And then the four way, which I really, really like, it's one of my favorites. And I think you'll actually, um, get a lot of use out of this feature. If you end up getting it is it has the, a small strap so that you can slide it over, uh, your suitcase handle when you're walking through the airport. Yeah. And that's the other thing. So, I've always been that guy who packs light, you know, and, and, and right. I, I mean, Mariana used to get so annoyed at this, you know, even if we were taking like a three or four day trip, when we'd go get on the airplane, I, you know, if I couldn't like put it in my carry on, it didn't go. Right. And I would get there and like wash my clothes in the sink kind of a thing. And that's all good when you're wearing, you know, black shirt and blue jeans every day, but yeah, not when you're wearing a suit. <sighs> Yeah, so I've got to I've got to figure out that too. I'm gonna have to get a a nice little uh, suitcase. Yeah, that's so I've been thinking about that too about a a good hanging bag. Uh, but the, but my experience has been maybe I just haven't found the right one. But I've I've tried out a lot of like I said I I'm a, I'm a suitcase kind of guy. Um, my experience is that I still have to iron my clothes when I take them out of a hanging bag. I don't like hanging I bags travel. at all. Yeah, I, I, I've tried. And so, you know, what I use a lot is, um, I know, I know, you know, Eagle Creek, the company. Yeah, the uh, they have fan, they have fantastic cubes and folders. Yeah, like they call them folders, so you can like fold your shirts and pants and stuff. And they have three sizes of those: small, medium, and large. And of course, I have, we have just a ton of those around here, and the little cubes and little bags that are you know waterproof and all that stuff. Um, because our big suitcases that we carry most of the time when we travel are um, these hard sided Samsonite. They're the F Light series, right? They're the same series. Like if you remember the commercial with the gorilla jumping up and down on the suitcase, that's what we carry. It's super, super, super plain. Nothing inside. Uh, you open it up, it's your hard side case, and that's it. And, and I love it. And then we do our own organization in it with the Eagle Creek stuff. And I think my clothes actually come out better that way. I might hit them with an iron, but it's not quite as bad. I just think a hanging bag, it's it's worse, honestly, with how, how wrinkled they get. And um, 
Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I mean, that's something. That's something to think about. But yeah, I, yeah. I keep going back and forth on that. So yeah. So if if I you know do go the briefcase route, that's definitely you know something I need to do is be able to slip it over the uh, over the little handle thing of a of a suitcase. Right. And the one thing I will say about like the satchel when you get a you know a real leather bag it's not just satchel and page but you get a real leather bag that is substantial leather um it adds a lot of weight you know a fair amount of weight compared to what you're used to with uh, if you're carrying like a like a north face or a timbuktu or something like that um and it's a it's a little surprising at first or it was for me because so it was like oh i have like my mod and my computer and a water bottle and lunch in here this shouldn't be this heavy um and that's something you know, something else you have to think about. But also, this bag is going to last a lot longer than my, you know, Timbuktu Messenger will. So right. I mean, right. no offense to Timbuktu, I'm a big fan of their stuff too. I have yeah a number of their bags as well. But yeah, I did it here. My, one of my favorite bags I have from them is um, it's an extra large. Um, it's like a backpack. I forgot the name of it. Yeah. But it's huge. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's, uh, you know, it's the fl- you know, flop over thing with the Velcro. And it looks like their messenger bag. Um, but it's it's massive. <laughs> and I don't know why I got the big one. I ordered it, you know, online when it first came out. And I should have right. gotten, like, the medium size. But I use it all the time for, you know, for, like, travel for, as a suitcase, basically. Because you can put, like, three or four or five days worth of clothing in there. Um, right. And it's got a little laptop sleeve. And it's got a bottle opener on the uh, on the shoulder, <laughs> which it's pretty funny. Um, but it was one of their first backpacks. It, it's got to be at least like six or seven years old. Um, I'll try to find a link, but I love that thing, and I still use it often. It's just so big that you know you can't really use it like as an everyday carry because it's right. too big for that. Right. Although yeah, well, I, my, I think I did use it at Gardner Web once or twice. I but know. then you also used your. Um, then you started carrying what is the Osprey bag. Yeah, right. And I still have that, that for a while too. Yeah. yeah, which is also a nice, a really nice bag. Yeah, yeah my camera bag yeah. is the is I think the extra small Timbuktu messengers. I think the size I have, and I have, and I have the camera insert, and that's where my DSLR is. And so when I'm traveling, it looks like I'm just carrying a messenger bag, so I don't look like a tourist with my camera asking to get jumped. Yeah, because I, um, I have a big, nice camera bag that I bought for some reason with the DSLR and. You've seen right. it, and I'm like, well, why yes. did I buy this? <laughs> you know, because right. half the time when I'm carrying it, unless I need all like twelve lenses or whatever, like I'll you know, right. But when do you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, with mine, I, I think it's the extra small messenger bag, and it fits like the camera. It fits an extra lens. You know, your kind of battery pack, your cords. It's all in there. So yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, okay. So that's so you'll have to let us know, obviously, what you what you settle on for your everyday carry. Um, I know you, you've been looking at a couple other things. So you were looking at some of the other stuff from from This Is Ground, like their mod laptop. And, of course, you and I are both excited that the Mod Tablet 3 is about to be released. Yeah, and they, they had an uh, Instagram story on that today. Right, yeah, kind of teasing it on the Instagram stories today. Um, I still carry my Mod Tablet 2 every single day of my life uh, since I've gotten it and still love it. I will probably be getting a new insert, but I've been waiting for the updates to come. So I'm excited to see kind of how they update the inserts as well. So. Yeah, you know, if if I was not working at a bank where I couldn't use my iPad, basically, or you know, or if like right. my personal iPad was you know able to hook up to our 
our intranet and, and get our email and all that stuff. If I could carry the iPad, because I love my iPad Pro still, even though I can't use it for work stuff. Right, that would be your main machine. That would be my main machine. That would be all I needed, and I could find a bag. But otherwise, I would just carry like the Mont Tablet 2. I would have ordered that bundle that they have for like 279 Oh, insane. fantastic! Yeah. By the way, if I mean, so if listeners of the show know we're big fans of this is ground, um, and they have um, they have bundles right now with the Mod Tablet Two, like Sam's mentioning, and it's the Mod Tablet Two comes with one insert, you get an extra insert, and you get like a Bandito roll or something. We'll drop a link down in the show notes for you. Um, I honestly have been trying to find an excuse to buy this bundle because it's such a it's just such a good deal. You know, they're clearing out stock, but uh, the Mod Tablet Three is going to be be great but I, you know i don't think it's going to be revolutionary necessarily um though we'll certainly talk about it like it is um yeah yeah I, you should look into that if you've been kind of waiting and i know i know some friends and i've actually encouraged some other friends to wait because the mod tablet 3 is coming out but it's such a good deal you get a couple inserts you can change them out you get the bandita roll with it too um so yeah check that out if you're if you've been in the market i know i've talked to a few people lately that have been you know it was funny i was um orientation week like i said at fsu and i was uh, all the new graduate students i don't know we have there were 500 or so at this new orientation i think it's like 800 new graduate students this year but um one of them came up to me and was like did you get that on etsy and i was like <laughs> no, no i did not get this on uh, etsy. it's a company called this is ground they're out of la she was like oh really and so she's like well, a friend of mine is you know doing a you know going to graduate school but she's like moving away and i was i was looking at some stuff on etsy and so she's like, and I look at it, I was like, yeah, yeah. So I showed her, you know, everything, and she really loved it. And, recorded it, you know, I had a ton of people in the building kind of stop me, too. Like, what is that? Like, what do you have in there? <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, that's the first time I got, you know, did you get that on Etsy? But That's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's still, you know, people are still stopping me to talk about it, which is, you know, nice. It's uh, a great carry. It is. And I looked at the, the mod laptop, too, which is their laptop version. It's... It's big and and they have a 15 inch version, even though it's like four hundred ninety nine dollars for that. But I, I, you know, and and I like that. But I also need something like you said that's going to hold my water bottle and you know maybe lunch and you know it's like uh, that that's not going to that's not going to do everything I need, right? Especially if I'm traveling. Yeah, uh, and when you're traveling, it's um, you got to have. You got to have the extra space when you're traveling too, because you know you're always going to need it. You got to stuff a few things, you know, buy some snacks and stuff some other well, things down and, in there. And we deal with so much paper, you know, and I don't right. know what you do with a mod with paper. Right. I mean, a few sheets are fine because you can fold them in half and they fit just perfectly right inside. And I do that a lot. I'll just lay them kind of right behind the insert, right above, you know, where the iPad goes in. Yeah. Um, but only a few sheets that's that's really all you can do there yeah yeah i mean on a given day i mean like i said i'm good i'm I'm swimming in paper here um which is so weird uh so yeah i don't know i'll keep you posted on how it goes but i'm not sure not sure what i'm gonna do maybe i could go look at etsy and find a find a briefcase (laughs) right exactly yeah there you go if you know someone who makes a good briefcase on etsy that's gonna fall apart in a couple of years let me know not not that everything I'm I'm being unfair to Etsy. Here, let let me look on Etsy and see if there's any good briefcases. Anything else you want to talk about? What you, what you got? I don't know. We got some other stuff in here that we could talk about. Hey, but, so, uh, speaking, okay. So we we mentioned uh, Snapchat stories, right? Instagram stories. 
I'm sorry, I'm looking at something on Twitter that has to do with that. So we mentioned Instagram stories. Do do you use Instagram stories at all? Yeah, so actually um, I have a little bit, and what I've actually found happening is – Okay, so we know that Instagram just completely copied Snapchat with their stories. I mean, they didn't even bother to try to make it look like they came up with a different type of name or something. It's exactly the same. Um, There's some minor differences with what you – some things you can do on Snapchat that you can't do on Instagram, et cetera. But I found myself not checking Snapchat that often and not posting to Snapchat and instead checking Instagram as often as I already did, but checking the stories there. And then when I want to post something like a story, posting it on Instagram. Really? Because, and this is this was Instagram's, I, I think, key uh, thought behind it was people are already on Instagram. They already have their like followers set there. And so if we give them this functionality, then they'll stay here because it's where their followers already are. And that's been kind of, I kind of hate to say it, but that's been kind of how I've approached it. Now, I do understand that in general, Snapchat and Instagram have their different genres of app, in my opinion. Um, Just like I think Facebook and Twitter are, are obviously vastly different types of apps. But it has provided that for me for now. Now, there are some, there are some things you can't do, like you can't. You can send private messages on Instagram, but it's not quite the same as on Snapchat, right? Um, it's not – yeah, I don't know. I mean you and I, obviously, we, mess, we message on basically every platform that exists. So we message <laughs> we try them all. on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it just depends. Yeah, and so like my wife makes fun of it. She's like, well, like how many different apps have you talked in? I was like, I don't know. Like why does it matter? Like if you're in one and you share something and the conversation starts or whatever, like that's just how it happens. Um, and then we'll, we'll and like cross, is, we'll cross the streams and sometimes we'll start like in Facebook messenger and then that goes over to right. Twitter DM. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the Instagram like private messaging aspect of it is not as strong. I don't think as Snapchat. And, um, and, and I think that will be a, a potential hindrance for a lot of people. And I don't know that they're going to gain like that Snapchat diehards are going to go over to Instagram I've, I've seen some that are seriously considering it, but what I what I think will happen is a lot of people that might have thought about getting on Snapchat or had kind of just toyed with Snapchat will be like, oh, well, Instagram does this, so I'll just stick here because that's where I am already and I'm used to checking that and that's where my friends are. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets back to that, that Twitter problem of onboarding and getting new uh, users, you know, like you get to a certain point and people stop signing up for the service because there's no perceived right. value in signing up for it. So Facebook is kind of the big monster in the room because it had the network effect and everyone had to get on Facebook and now everyone's on it. So if you're going to, if you're going to be on a social network, you're going to be on Facebook. Um, and you know, yeah, Snapchat's popular, popular with the young people and growingly with the, and increasingly with the older uh, population like me, and you, but in terms of, you know, how far that extends into quote mainstream culture, you know, how far does that go? But Instagram has over a billion users already. And it's like, well, you know, there's no way Snapchat's going to get that big, um, you know, in the, in the next few years. And if it does, it would be a huge story. Um, 
so if you're if you're going to share these stories, why not do it on the place where your so- uh, social graph already is located, and that would be Instagram. But I just I wonder. I mean, it, it, it feels to me like uh, Instagram really has lost so much steam in a lot of ways compared to Snapchat or, you know, um, I, I mean, there's not really anything synonymous with, with right. what Instagram's yeah, yeah. doing. But, you know, it, like, it, it, it doesn't have that feel that it did like two years ago where you had to be on there if, if you were sharing images or, or it, it feels like a, broad, a broadcast platform. You know, not something where you're going to share something like a, a story of your day. If that makes sense. Right. Well, the other thing that Instagram has never done a good job with, I think, is being more than broadcast. Right. So, yes, you can comment and you can like or people can comment on your stuff and like it. But the thing that it doesn't do, which is a little bit surprising right now being owned by Facebook, is like if I comment on someone's Instagram or whatever – and they reply to me but don't tag my handle, I don't get a notification. Right. So so they're not they're not doing the basic things that could um, engender, you know, keep people coming back. Right. And that's that's what Facebook does, right? So so and so also replied to a comment that you're tagged in, or also, you know, so and so replied to your comment. And they don't have to tag you specifically or whatever. Um, that brings people back into the app. Right. And Instagram doesn't do things like that. That I think it. I, I I personally think it should. Right. If it's if it wants people to now, Facebook probably doesn't really care because they're trying to they're just trying to keep people on Facebook, and they're doing obviously a great job of that. And Instagram is in their um, you know the ecosystem, and they're just trying to keep people from going to other services, I guess. But yeah, I do I do think that that's right. That it's been kind of. Well, I think that was kind of where Instagram started, right, was broadcasting. And they, they've they never really moved past that. And and that's one of the main things that I think Snapchat and Instagram both have to think about it with the kind of um, short, you know, broadcasting your story type stuff is interaction. And that's not something that they've, I think, either one figured out really well. So Snapchat does private messaging better, but it doesn't have the interaction that a lot of people I think are, are seeking or are used to, right. That they've been conditioned to. And I also think that that type of interaction that they could build into the services, um, also serve to keep people using their apps more and for longer periods of time, which is what you want to show for advertisers and things like that. Right. Right. And at the end, I'm not going to say at the end of the day, but you know, yes, you, you want to have something where you can tell advertisers, look, you know, here's our base, here's how many times they're interacting, here's the demographic we're doing so that we can, you know, get those advertising dollars and get that in front of them. And Instagram is, you know, pretty blatant about that with their <laughs> latest updates and how they're, you know, algorithmically presenting images and, right. you know, throwing in the ads now. Um, so, yeah, I, I log into Instagram like, I don't know, three, four times a week, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I take a lot of, well, not really, but, you know, I, I share Instagram photos, but I don't really sit there and go through my Instagram feed like I maybe did a year or two ago. And I, I suspect that's that's the case with a lot of people. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's because I, I kind of enjoyed the random weirdness of Snapchat stories. Like Instagram stories kind of feel like such a, not just a blatant ripoff, but they feel kind of like devoid of originality sometimes. 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, well, I'm not going to waste my time on that. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to see how that shakes out in the next, next couple of years. Cause I, I think we're getting to the point now where, um, especially with, with, with the advancements that iOS 10 and, and, uh, Android seven are, are making, uh, in terms of sort of taking back the power of those operating systems from apps and, and putting the power back in the hands of uh, the actual operating system. You know, and, and both Apple and Google are tweaking their operating systems to the point where apps aren't the main driver of their ecosystems anymore. Right. So it's not like, oh, we'll have to be on uh, you know iOS because they have these apps. Um, and it's not like, oh, I have to go install the Yelp app so I can get this review. It's like, well, especially with Google... Um, you know, in Android now, you can basically get like part of an app if the if, if the developer has right enabled whatever it. yeah whatever part you you need or whatever yeah yeah and I mean uh, iOS ten is sort of doing something kind of at yeah a same type level. thing yeah yeah and I, I think we're we're moving back from this era of app first um, back to something that's more realistic and and I don't know I, I think you know things like Instagram are going to and Snapchat are going to face an right. interesting future here. And the, but but the changes are also going to be things that will be more I don't know the right word. I don't know if intuitive is the right word, but they're as they're being baked into the operating system, they're going to Yeah, they're going to make some of these apps unnecessary. Well, it's like Steve Jobs. Right? So Steve Jobs famously uh in a meeting with with the Dropbox uh, Drew Houston, I believe, right. was his name. Yeah. Um, you know, in a meeting about acquisition and trying to figure out, okay, do we want to acquire Dropbox? And this is 2008, 2009. Uh, he basically said, look, you're a service. You're not a platform. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're an, like part of an application within an operating system. Like, you, you can't think of yourself as a platform. And this is what we're going to offer you. And if you want to go pretend like you're a platform and get acquired like that, then good luck. We're not going to buy you. Um, and it's, it's one of those famous kind of turning points, like what ifs, because Apple is so bad at <laughs> cloud services. God, because iCloud is so horrible. <laughs> right. Or, God. you know, me- mobile me and all that stuff before it. Dot yes. Mac. Um, dot net. Oh yeah. Dot Mac. Um, dot Mac. Yeah. Ugh. But that, how have they not, man, they're one of the best computing companies in the world right now. How have they not figured out sync? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm really disappointed they never bought Dropbox. Well, and you know, all of their software stuff is always kind of lagged behind. You know, whether it's their their apps or like the Apple TV software, you know, it's always kind of a yeah. a quarter step behind. Um, but they're doing things with iOS 10 that's going to be really interesting, and, and perhaps they're kind of baking in sort of a Snapchat type uh, experience uh, down the road. And we know Google is kind of doing the same thing. And you look at something like Google Photos. Um, right. You know, which is yeah. baked into Android and, you know, and they're running mainstream commercials now. Have you seen those? Yeah. Doing the Olympics. Yeah. A guy jumping in the pool and it's like, Oh yeah, this is great. And then you realize like halfway over the pool that your phone's in your pocket. Like, what are you going to do about your phone? We're getting a new one, but what about your photos? And it's like, Oh, nothing. Cause they're automatically dropped up, drop, you know, backed up on Google photos. And not just backed up, um, but they, they do, they do cool stuff with it. And, and it wouldn't right, take like a whole the, lot of the animations and the search, the yeah. search capabilities and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it wouldn't take a whole lot of ima- imagination to say, okay, well now you can do overlays or you can do filters on them. Um, right. 
And, uh, you know, to be honest, when I take pictures of the kids or something, if I want to share them with mom or with Mariana, uh, I use Google Photos and I share out of Google Photos. Right. For, like really intimate, like personal stuff. If it's a picture of like a pigeon in a park, yeah, I'll, I'll put that on Instagram or Snapchat story or, you know, something funny. Um, you know, but, but again, those are like broadcast mediums for me. Um, you know, and, and I don't really care if, if this picture of a pigeon gets saved down the road, but if it's a picture of the baby doing something funny, I'm going to take a picture of it. I'm not going to put it on social media. I'm going to. And this, yes. Yeah. Sorry. This is exactly why iMessage needs, needed to come to Android. Yeah. I, I was really let down by that. I mean, I get it. I mean, in some because sense, this but. is right. They're building all of these great things in iMessage to do just this in a way that can replace some significant functions of some of the social media uh, platforms that we use now. But keeping it only for iOS users, I think, is I think is a mistake. I, I think you're right about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, with, with the sticker economy and, and that type of thing, you know, it's 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 a language. And, uh, you know, if you're going to bake all this stuff into iMessage, then. You know, make it a platform, you know, put it out there because people are going to, you know, I mean, you and I, like if there's something like a, a, a funny personal picture, we share it on iMessage. We don't send it via direct message or, or, or right. Facebook messenger or anything like that. Like we send it via text, which is iMessage, which is not really text. You know, it's its own little social network, but it, it feels and looks like text. Uh, so I don't know. I think Apple really missed the boat there, but you know. I don't see Google or anyone else kind of making inroads, even though I know no, a lot of people true. use I Facebook that, Messenger or whatever. But eh. yeah, no, I, th- I think that's true, and that that's where and we'll wrap up here. But I think that that's where um, iMessage really has the potential if they will um, open their doors beyond iOS to really go after what Facebook Messenger is trying to do which is be kind of a one-stop messaging service, right? Where you talk to your friends and you also talk with companies and you order your pizza and you do all this stuff in there. And iMessage can do, it's going to be able to do all of that, right? With the Siri integration and all that stuff. And so, I mean, and I know it's, people probably aren't thinking about it like that, but iMessage could be what takes down Facebook Messenger if it's done right. But, right. Not yet. But I think you're right that that on the other hand, there's no one coming at iMessage from the other side uh, right. really significantly. So they have I, some At least here in the United States. I mean, yes, right, overseas right. there's WeChat, WeChat and, like and, and uh, 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 what's the big one that Facebook acquired? Yeah, I can't think of the name either. <laughs> I was going to say Viber, but it's not Viber. It's either. not Viber. Um, that's Japan. Uh, yeah. Line, no. Group me, no. Ah. <laughs> we'll figure it out as soon as we. Um, Good lord. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's funny though. Uh, I just saw an, an article come across the Twitter, and I've seen a lot of these lately about uh, sort of like a, a wistfully, nostalgically looking back on the iPod Classic and the click wheel. Yeah. And how the millennials are, are still buying this up in, in numbers on uh, eBay. And if you have one, like you can get a pretty good uh, you know, price for it, which blows my mind. But yeah, I want a good price for my, like, like my first or second gen iPod Touch. 
<laughs> the one where you couldn't change the background, right? It just was black all the time. You couldn't like change your background picture or anything. I remember yours. Yeah, I remember that. You had that. Uh, I like, still have job. it. That's what's crazy. Does it still work? It still works. Yeah, I think I think um, my wife threw it in her car as like a, you know, keep podcasts on it or whatever. <clears throat> That's really interesting. That, I don't know why she didn't want to do it on her phone. Well, I do know why. She her, she keeps her phone in a life-proof case right now. Oh, that's not uh, good. And, you know, that's just a pain to try to, like... And she doesn't have Bluetooth in her phone, so she has, like, plug in. WhatsApp. Uh, in her car. Yeah. WhatsApp. That's right. Yeah, WhatsApp. Yeah, people are yelling at us, I'm sure. Right. They're like, yeah. come on. <laughs> you guys, come on. You don't know anything about tech. Yeah. That's yeah. why we're a religion podcast. I, I found... I told you. I found my uh, Generation 3 iPod. Did I tell you about that? couple of weeks ago and we had the charger and everything charge it up still works beautifully the my girls were astounded <laughs> they're like I had, last year i found my um my ipod mini you know sent it off gave it to a niece or whatever but yeah and it still worked yeah i mean and it, it's fun times but but it, you know take an iphone 7 or an iphone 6 or 6s oh, yeah. 10 years from now they're not gonna work <laughs> um yeah they're going to be like the zip drives of our time. But those things had hard drives, and hard drives, you know, typically are okay for a little while. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, a hearty congratulations to you, Sam, on this new chapter. Thank you. Thank you. We both have uh, desk jobs now. I know. I know. So, um, yeah, I guess we're both growing up now. That's weird. Pinocchios. But, yeah, but uh, I've at least I've not yet become the man. I mean... <laughs> You don't have to wear a white shirt and a tie every day. I don't have to wear a suit every day, and I don't work at a bank. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still indie somewhat. Uh huh. I don't think you can you can claim that indie label anymore. Well, you know, we're we're helping, uh, you know, provide the food on your table, and we're we're supporting America's farmers and rural America. So, I'll take that any day over your uh, diploma factory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kid, I kid. All right, so uh, we did not address at all the fact that we took last week off, but obviously you understand there was a lot going on in Sam's life and in my life, and things got rather crazy. Um, but thanks for sticking with us. We are on, we're coming up on show 100 in this latest iteration since we started counting again. I was going to um, say, uh, you realized a year ago last week was the uh, the bingo card episode for the first GOP. Man. That, that kind of put—I don't know. I'm not gonna, I was going to say that kind of put us on the map. Not really. Like we were on the map before that. But but people really really liked that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was really well done. Um, we're going to try to gear up and give some good. Uh, we've got what ten weeks to the election, so we're trying to you know take a little bit of a break from that right now. Everybody else is let you enjoy your post Olympics, lol. Because um, <laughs> everyone watched the Olympics. <laughs> Did a lot of people watch, watch the, Olympics? the Olympics. I watched the Olympics. I watched a ton of Olympics. Well, we yes. watched, I watched rhythmic... Uh, rhythmic gymnastics? Gymnastics with the hula hoops. Nice. That's all I watched. Nice. Yeah, I watched... Uh, well, obviously, I watched a lot of the primetime events, um, but a lot of track and field. I mean, that's, you know, my background. Um, watched a lot of track and field, but a bunch of other stuff, too. Anyway, yeah, yeah I'm a big, big fan of the Olympics, mm-hmm. even as problematic as so many aspects of it are um yeah but so we're gonna try to get some good uh election stuff for you this year you know coming up big election most important election of your life but uh, we thought you might appreciate having a show where 
we don't talk about it at all. We're trying to do that a little bit now before we gear up for the final push. So anyway, as always, um, thanks for listening. We don't take it for granted. Uh, send us feedback. We love hearing from you. Um, oh, I got a, oh, we don't have time now. We'll do it for the next show, but I did get some, um, somebody like wrote in through like the contact form on my website. Way to bury like, the lead. Hey, I listened to, um, <laughs> like your show. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, it was like you mentioned sometime that you won a like you won an award for writing like a poem in an ancient language, and I was like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd completely forgotten about it. I won an award for like a Syriac poem, that, like a Valentine Syriac poem that Eisenbrunn's did. You know, they, uh, every year yeah. they have to like their little contest. I won third place. Anyway, um, maybe we'll talk about what they shared with me. Third uh, place, later, but we're in you know, like, hey, poem yeah, yeah. Syriac. <laughs> We only have three submissions, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway. But uh, I'm, that's going on my CV. I'd forgotten about that, but I'm going to put that on my CV you now. Award-winning Syriac poet. Yeah. It was just a translation of a Bruno Mars song. <laughs> Obviously worst. a very loose translation because, you know, it's a bit anachronistic because I was doing it in ancient Syriac. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh yeah, maybe we'll have uh we'll have a um a live reading next week of I, I my think we should. translation of Bruno Mars. <laughs> did did uh the people at Eisenbrons know that it was a Bruno Mars? Yes, yes, oh, okay. I think so. I think yeah, I was in there. I and other people had done similar things. Some people composed original ones, some people did translations. So You mean the other two? Yeah, there must be a lot of Bruno Mars fans at Eisenbronze is what I took from it. Right. So. Yeah, that's what it was. Look at that what you will. <laughs> right, exactly. So anyway, we we enjoy your feedback because it prompts things in our life that we had completely forgotten about sometimes. So uh, as always, you can follow Sam and I on Twitter, though we are slightly less active, but we're going to be remedying that, I think think um i'm at thomas whitley same as at sam harrelson and you can always find more great podcasts at thinking.fm